The New Jersey Devils are on the cusp of being a perennial threat in that Metro division. And we're going to break down where they go from their playoff exit against the Carolina Hurricanes on today's episode. And of course, we have to break down what the Edmonton Oilers do with their postseason exit and everything in between. Let's get right to it. Thank you for joining us for Tuesday's episode. You're locked on fantasy hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back inside the lab, everybody, and thank you for tuning in for the Tuesday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are a part of the Locked On Network, your team every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Steel, I got the business matters out of the way, and let's get down to the brass tacks because once again, you and I are at an abundance of good topics to talk about. Sometimes we have to kind of grind it out. The Hurricanes take down the Devils in five games. I don't think this is any kind of loss for the Devils. I think the future is bright. We're going to yeah. break down why the cap situation, the prospect pool, some good young players on the come up. I'm mm -hmm. sure both you and I want to talk about that. And of course, maybe more, more, you know, tantalizingly, this Edmonton Oilers situation, the Vegas Golden Knights have some really good things going for them. I know we want to talk about that. And perhaps more importantly, that supporting cast in Edmonton doesn't get it done once again. Lots of issues to talk about. No bets for today's episode, but that's okay because there are plenty intriguing topics to get to. And Steele, why don't we get to the one right off the top? What does the future hold for the Devils? What went wrong for the Devils? Because this team is right on the cusp of being, like I said, a perennial threat in that Metro division. Just right there. Yeah, they, they have a bright future. And the way Jack Hughes played this season, even in the postseason as well, he's the franchise player and finally coming into fruition after struggling the first two years in the NHL. But before I get to what went wrong, I got to say that this overall, this was a very successful season for the New Jersey Devils. And I, I, it's kind of funny that I'm saying that because yesterday we were talking about how it was an unsuccessful season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But they're in two True. different aspects of their franchise and organization right now. And the reason why I say it's a successful season for the Devils was because the last five years, the Devils have missed the playoffs. They were finishing 27th, 28th, 29th in the league. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, just boost their, uh, boost their results up and just skyrocket in the, in the standings this season. And, you know, they, as a team, as individuals as well, setting – a bunch of franchise records this season, franchise best 52 wins in a season, largest point improvement in NHL history as well. Franchise record in points with 112 nice. individual uh, record uh, for mm. Jack Hughes, franchise record 99 points. So there's a lot to like and a lot to love from what we saw mm -hmm. from the New Jersey Devils. Even that 13 game uh, win streak they had in the middle of the season was uh, unreal to watch. But so there's a lot yes. to like, there's a lot to love about where they're at right now and where they're headed mm. in the future. But what went wrong this postseason? For me, it comes down to the lack of experience and the lack of offense we saw in both the rounds, not just the second, in both the first and the second. 
you and I have talked a little bit about, mm. yeah, they have mm. a few players who have that experience. Of course, Andre Pilat was massive. Getting him back into the lineup before the postseason started was just great news itself. But Andre mm-hmm. Pilat, uh, you know, Eric Halla, you know, Dougie Hamilton a little bit. But besides that, they don't have the experience like the Carolina Hurricanes, like the like the Toronto mm. Maple Leafs, like the team, you know, it's kind of a weird it's year. True. It's kind of a weird year, honestly, because the Seattle Kraken are in game seven with the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars are there, but nonetheless. Yeah, it's been, yeah. Yeah, the New Jersey Devils, to me, just, they didn't have a ton of experience going into the postseason. And then just the lack of offense was, was very surprising, might I add, because they were one of the highest scoring teams in the regular season. So just the yeah. lack of experience, lack of offense, and what you and I both feared would happen to the Carolina Hurricanes is exactly mm. what happened to the New Jersey Devils. We thought the Hurricanes were going to struggle scoring goals, but they did not, especially in that second mm. round against the Devils. And you said something yesterday, and this goes back to what Rick Bonus said after the Jets lost as well. When they had their back against the wall, they had zero pushback whatsoever. No pushback. Mm. Even Lindy Ruff said it himself. There, there was no pushback yeah. in game three or game four, whatever game it was. Right. Um, but it's just, yeah, lack of experience, lack of goals, you, you know, you look at the entire five-game series, you take away game three where the Devils scored eight goals. They only had five goals in four games. They just weren't producing offensively, and that's mm-hmm. why they almost mm-hmm. got swept. And then I think, you know, you want to break down into some of their future stuff, but they've got five UFAs. They've got eight uh, eight RFAs as well. They've got they've got a few guys that they need to re-sign and, and to continue going with Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and all those guys. There is a lot. You're going off right now, and that's why I just sometimes have to go like uh, for Mela Bush because you're on fire there. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are uh, just a lot of positive signs for this team, and I think yes. that's my main takeaway. And uh, everything you're saying is spot on. And for me, when I look at that future contract breakdown and what they are able to get done, couple of very team-friendly deals, Nico Heischer's deal being right at the top of that. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have that ability to re-sign the Timo Myers of the world, the Jesper Bratz of the world. I think they're going to get that done. Obviously, that leaves a little bit of a caveat with this team. But the core that's there is just so good. And for me, just before we move on a little bit to more of the future – Dougie Hamilton in the postseason just wasn't good enough for me. No, that's one of the first things that I wanted to make sure we get in on this episode in terms of what went wrong for the New Jersey Devils. He's a really good defenseman, in my opinion. And you see Luke Hughes step in, and I'm going to get to that point in a second. In three (laughs) games, he has two assists. And in 12 games, Dougie Hamilton's minus 11 and only has four points offense is the key to Dougie Hamilton's game. And if he's not bringing those, you know, nice passes from the points or power play quarterbacking situation steal for me, that's where I think this team didn't have the teeth that they needed to prop up the VTech Vanacek, Akira Schmid combo. That is also one of the Achilles heels of this team that they might need to address. Yeah. Young goalies for sure. Maybe you give them one more year together, maybe more of a tandem to give Schmid a little bit more of a run out in the regular season. But very lastly, still headed into next season, I just think they have some interesting decisions to make. Here we go. I'm going to spit it out. Because (laughs) no, because of these really good young players that they have in the system. Yeah. Holtz, Nemich, 
and Luke Hughes. Those are three top draft picks and all really, really good projected NHLers. So I think this team might be uh, really showing some depth, but they're going to have to get interesting with the cap and get mm -hmm. talented with shuffling the deck. Like you said, lots of UFAs. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Edmonton Oilers, and, of course, what they did with their gold ending situation. We might have a few more takes, actually, Steel, for this Edmonton Oilers, uh, New Jersey Devils, Carolina Hurricanes situation as well. Today's episode, my friends, though we got to pay these bills, is brought to you by Game Time. You never want to be stressed out when you're going to buy tickets for your favorite event or your favorite sporting event because that is not what you pay your money for. And that's why you download the Game Time app where nothing is stressful with buying the tickets to your favorite event. It's fast and easy to buy tickets for everything from sports to music to comedy and theater all near you. With killer deals and last-minute tickets on the Game Time app with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy ways to buy and find every kind of event in your area, including the actual images of the seat you're going to sit from and aside from that lowest price guarantee you know that you don't have to plan months in advance with game time they have the tickets right up to the day of the event and you get exclusive deals for all of your favorite events from football to hoops to baseball to concerts comedy theater and even more the game time guarantee means you get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section or row for less game time credits you for up to 110 bucks of the difference snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply create an account and redeem code locked on nhl for 20 bucks off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and thank you so much for making the locked on fantasy hockey podcast your first listen every single day we are a part of the locked on podcast network where you can find a locked on podcast of your favorite team in all four major sports leagues and the NCAA, your team every single day. We are going to get to what happened with the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights losing in six games. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, mm -hmm. they are sent home packing. Packing. Well, I guess they were they were actually in Edmonton for the game. Nah, so they I were still they were packing. Yeah, yeah. They, they were, were packing. packing. They, they were sent home. But yeah, yep. let, you know, let's continue on the conversation of this New Jersey Devils team and what yeah. their future sort of holds. For me, you. uh, you know, everything that you were just talking about, um, Vitek Vanacek, Akira mm. Schmidt, I would love to see them run it back next year, and I would love to see them go 50-50. I think That's, McKenzie. Yeah. I think Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is on his way out. He's an RFA at the end of the season. They're gonna, you know, Kira Schmidt is still on his entry level contract at eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year right now. So you create a little bit more cap space, letting uh, Mackenzie Blackwood hit the free market or hit the mar free agency, and run it back with Vanacek and Akira Schmidt. Even though I think Vanacek, they have to, yeah. Even though Vanacek had a very poor postseason, he was great in the regular season. And again, this just goes hand in hand with the lack of experience, not just those two have, but the entire team. Again, I'm looking at their roster right now. Mm -hmm. You have Andre Palat, who's by far their best veteran and who has the most playoff experience. Mm -hmm. He's 32 years old. Thomas Tatar is 32. And He's Eric, gone, Hala, Eric Hala is 32. Yeah, Tatar is probably gone. But yeah. what I'm getting at is they only have three players, maybe four players that are above the age of 30 on this mm -hmm. team. 
Mm-hmm. Other than that, you've got Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Timo yep. Meyer, uh, Igor Sharon Govich, Michael McLeod, Dawson Mercer. All those guys are 26 years old or younger and haven't been in the playoffs before. So, yep, and it showed. Team, <laughs> great team, bright future. Oh yeah, they just they just got caught by one of the hottest teams this season. So, unfortunate they lose in five games. I would have loved to see a seven game series. I thought they could could make that happen, but they mm-hmm. just got blown out of the park by the hurricanes and they need some credit on their name for taking out a really good new york rangers squad i think that's something that needs to be on the resume of accomplishments for this team steel and because sure the rangers underperformed i think you said it just about to say yeah you (laughs) hold on i think you called them out for playing atrociously i believe you call it was the term that you used and maybe that's accurate, but still, that's a check in the column for this New Jersey Devils team. Yes. And I think that's one of the main points here, because also fantasy-wise, this team's <laughs> going to score a SHIT ton of goals next season, in my opinion. And I think you're just going to have to keep it tapped to everything we just said also about some of these young guns coming up. Luke yeah. Hughes is going to be a beast. Alexander Holtz is, I think, you know, one of those other intriguing names. And then they all those, what, Simon Nemich, what did they get him at, third or fourth? Maybe he's... I think he was third or fourth. Yeah, he was right there. In the he's top right there. So, you know, all these prospects are very, like, this is a future kind of angle. But when you think about what they have already going on, and even if one of those top pricks pans out, all of a sudden you have maybe one of the most talented young, maybe like, maybe not, maybe one of the most talented young lineups in this game. So future is bright. We mentioned what went wrong. The Metro division favorites, in my opinion, maybe headed into next season steal. That was my last little note here because you know, you and I are going to start taking a look at some futures bets. They got to be right there with the Rangers as the Metro division favorites next season. It's going to be close. That was my last little peek that I wanted to throw your way. Every team is continuing to get better and better. It's unreal. That Metro. Bad news to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Look, Carolina, you got New York Rangers. You got still got Pittsburgh and Washington fighting for spots. They were unhealthy the entire season. So it's a hard division in the Metro. Mm. It looks like Columbus is the only team on the outside trying to claw uh, claw their way up the standings. There he is. It's crazy in the Metro. It's also crazy in the Pacific. Edmonton Oilers lose in game six against the Vegas Golden Knights at home. They lose five, five, two in game six. Yeah. And you and I were both wrong. Obviously we, I think we both had Vegas missing the playoffs and we both had Edmonton winning in game six. Been so Uh, wrong. So wrong. Been so wrong with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, The thing was too, is I was so hyped and high on Jack Eichel and his return. I should have been uh, focusing on the whole team as a whole, but nonetheless, Mm -hmm. Edmonton Oilers losing six games. I'll throw it over to you, Flip. I really want to hear what you think went wrong with the team, <laughs> and then we'll and then we'll fly back yeah. over to me and what I think went well, went what went wrong. But what do you think went wrong with the Edmonton Oilers? First of all, there were some questionable decisions made with what the goaltending situation was going on in Edmonton, yeah. and I'm going to tip my cap to you first of all because as much as My call to put Skinner in there was what the coach did. I don't know if it was the right thing, especially when, let me just pull this up because this is right here at the top of my notes. Sunday, the deciding game, he lets in four goals on 17 shots, lowering his save percentage in the series to 875. And when you're getting out-dueled by a guy in Aiden Hill, which no disrespect to Aiden Hill, who has a 934 save percentage in his postseason appearances, 
This is not time to hate on the goalie that took out the team that you thought was going to win time steal. <laughs> You're just not good enough. And yeah. so that's where you have to put those decisions under the microscope. And I'll throw that back over to you in a second for your take on that, because you've been very critical of Jeff Skinner, a rookie goaltender, by the way. So let's maybe treat that with the angle it deserves. But this is where I want to take this conversation because once again, and I think you'll back me up here. I mentioned the front office of the Vegas Golden Knights staff yeah. really putting together a very nice balanced attack of good hockey players. Full stop. So when I look at this stat steal, the Vegas Golden Knights outscored the Edmonton Oilers 15 to 9 at five on five. And when the trio of Marcheseau, Eichel, and Barbashev were on the ice, how about outscored the Edmonton Oilers seven to one? So Barbashev, Eichel, and Marcheseau are beasting on the best forward unit, arguably in the game this year, and the best power play unit. I know that's not five on five metrics but just getting it done against the best power play unit ever in the history of the NHL. Yeah. Unreal. And Jack Eichel, one of the players that I've been trying talking about all season long coming yeah. through in the clutch in the postseason, he's been spectacular, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that I think went wrong with the Edmonton Oilers. First off, uh, just very uncharacteristic penalties throughout the entire Bad series. penalties. Bad penalties. It, the thing was, it didn't even hurt them in the long run. They were actually great on the penalty kill, mm. but if you're in the box so many times and so often, it's going to hurt you down the stretch. And especially in game six, when they were, it, it was four on four and Matthias Ekholm takes Ekholm's a penalty was Ekholm so pivotal, atrocious, just hit from behind cross check, mm -hmm. throw you in the box. It's four, three. And the thing was, again, they didn't score on the power play, but they scored two seconds right after it. Marshall. So to finish off that hat trick for of his in game six, but yeah, so uncharacter uncharacteristic penalties throughout the entire series. Uh, but for me, the problem, it was Stuart Skinner. It just hands down was he was not good enough. And yeah. it's Stuart Skinner. And I'm it's also going to throw take Jay, steal. It's a I'm going to throw Jay Woodcroft in there as well because I knew he would. I was dude, ready the for man, it. He, the man is just stuck in his way. Like, I, I, I actually think he just assumed that he wouldn't have to actually coach or do anything. And just let McDavid and Drysaddle carry the entire team to a Stanley Cup championship. He yeah, didn't. They do almost anything. did. <laughs> he tried playing. He tried playing mind games, and then didn't like. It just was. It was a. It was a poor effort from the coaching staff, especially Jay Woodcraft. He didn't change anything. But I want to stick on the topic of Stuart Skinner because he wasn't good enough. Um, and and this is why. Uh, this is what happened in all of his stats. He started all twelve games in in the postseason for the Edmonton Oilers, but he was pulled. Four times, yet they continue to go yeah. back to him every single time the next game, even with all the inconsistencies in his game. So that number Fair. one just showed Fair. me Jay Woodcroft was stuck in his way and didn't want to. He's a, he's a rookie, though, right? He's a rookie. I don't know about that. But no, no, no. But like, let, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not here I to understand. defend his play. I'm just here to again, maybe actually support what you're saying about Woodcroft. In the rookies had enough. You know, like he's been shelled. Yeah. Mans are giving up. This is where I'm trying to just throw out another angle steal because no, I'm not here to disagree with poor play. It's just the man was a – he's a rookie. So Woodcroft is also on my hit list if I'm an Oilers fan. Just right Yeah, he, and he should be because just, again, I just thought that he just stood there and wasn't actually coaching anything. But Stuart Skinner, very inconsistent throughout the postseason. He had eight games where he allowed four or more goals in yeah, the playoffs. Like that's just enough. not allowed. And no. again, Campbell, Campbell didn't start any of the games. He didn't start a single one, but he played 120 minutes. That's equivalent to two games right there. 
Mm-hmm. He had 1.0, a 1.01 goals against average with a 961 save percentage. So I understand you haven't started, you're coming into a game and you, even then you're coming into a game. You haven't even been loosened up. You haven't seen a, a puck. Uh, you haven't seen a shot yet. And you go out and put up those stats. So for me, when Jack Campbell goes out and does that, mm-hmm. I don't understand why he's not in the crease. And well, yeah, can, you know, Campbell's time Fair point. with Campbell's time with the LA Kings and the Leafs over the last four years, his stats never dropped below a nine nine oh seven save percentage, and a, and it never went above a two point seven two goals against average in the last four to, years. To be fair, still nine oh seven save percentage in the playoffs is not very good. No, it's no, good that's when the, you compare. Okay, that's okay. the average. That was the average in one of the seasons. Okay, he had okay, a very okay. poor year. Nonetheless, okay, got you. Good stats, but and and I understand when you look at the stats from this year from Jack Campbell, an eight eighty eight save percentage and a three point four one goals against average. That tells you, or that compels you to go with the other guy. That's why they went with Stuart Skinner, because he was playing better of course. than Jack Campbell. I understand that. But at yeah. the same time, Campbell still had a record of 21-9-4 in the regular season. Mm. And even last year in the playoffs with the Leafs for the last two years, his stats are good. He had one bad game against the Tampa Bay Lightning last year, where he let like five goals in on 17 shots, and it dropped his save percentage. Other than that, he was spectacular. Like he played great the last two seasons for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And to okay. me, to go with a guy who just had so many inconsistencies and not go with a guy who you signed for five million dollars for five years, yeah, it's just a bonehead move. Yeah, bonehead move it might be. I think it also is just clearly indicative of what the franchise and the coach thinks of Jack Campbell, which he is as much as what you're throwing out, you know, stats are stats. He has not earned any kind of trust to be a number one goalie, but maybe either has a rookie who is struggling. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to maybe get Maybe you yeah. just switch it up and see who the best player can be because clearly Stuart Skinner was not that guy. We're going to come back from this break, though, Steele. I got a couple more comments on this Edmonton Oilers situation very quickly just because mm-hmm. there are some positives, and also we need to look ahead to the future and some fantasy value and, of course, wrap this show up with a bow. Yes, sir. And I do have a question for you about your boy, oh. Evan Bouchard, that I really, well, really want to You know I'm about to well. talk about it. <laughs> of course you are, but we got to pay these bills, baby. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted more energy throughout the day and hate, absolutely hate taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So what exactly is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day off right. The special blend of ingredients supports almost everything, your health, nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and even your, and even your aging. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a very complicated supplement routine to recover from it which was costing over $100 a day. That is just way too expensive. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Again, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. I like to take it in the morning. There's no need for a a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast 
your first listen every single day. Don't forget, we are free and available on your favorite podcast platform, including YouTube. So make sure you hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. We appreciate all the love, all support you show us every single day. Flip, I do want to ask you about Evan Bouchard, but I know you've got a few more talking points on the Edmonton Oilers, where they go with their Just future. super quick. Super quick. I'll yep, throw it back over to you. Quick. It's just mostly about Steele. Again, this team just kind of overall misses an opportunity. And, you know, obviously we've talked at length about Toronto Maple Leafs Mm -hmm. and that fan base and that franchise missing opportunities. But you can't help but feel when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are doing seriously historic things. And that's what I wanted to just mention, obviously, before we move on, because... Since the 2020 playoff, 2022 playoffs started, McDavid paces the NHL with 53 points in 28 games, and Dreisaitl is second with 50 points in that same span. And the next closest guy has a cup in Miko Rantanen at 35 points. That's not even close, Steele. And then you look at things alongside the guys like Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, Nikita Kucherov. On paper, That Edmonton duo is colossally better in points per game, in goals scored. McDavid leads the league again in points scored for the postseason. So for me, it's just the Edmonton Oilers need to wake up because honestly, another really good, and as much as opportunities squandered with the Leafs are the same opportunities in terms of how gutless it is for the fan base. Mm-hmm. You can't help but feel when two guys are doing what they're doing, this kind of style steal. Yeah. You're really missing out on opportunities to put cups and banners in the rafter. So I just wanted to say the point per game basis, that what they were doing, and then again, Evan Bouchard, this is just a huge missed opportunity because the offense was really starting to click. They're yeah. just let down by what you said, dumb penalties, couple of, I think one of the stats here, and I, I missed it slightly, but four times in the series, something like that, four or five times within 90 seconds of Edmonton going up a goal, Stuart Skinner can't make that yep. save and they give up the lead. I think it was four or five. So that's it right there. And they lose the series. Again, just the inconsistency of of Stuart Skinner. And I still think he's a good goalie. Nothing, not trying to, uh, to put him down right now. Bright future. Just, it wasn't his year. It wasn't his postseason. He's just not there quite yep. yet. But he will yep. be soon yep. enough. But real quick yep. before we wrap all of this up uh, with a bow, like you said, Evan Bouchard, uh, you've been hot on him, high on him all season long. Rightfully so. Great regular season. Great postseason as well. Four goals, 17 points in in 12 games in the the playoffs. So spectacular what uh, that trade for Matthias Ekholm has done for Evan Bouchard. He's playing way better on the power play. He has a rocket of a slap shot from the blue line. Just incredible accuracy along with it. But what I want to ask you real quick before we wrap up. Oh, here we go. Is Evan Bouchard is on the last year of his entry-level contract. What do you think that he's looking for and for how long? Like, what kind of term is Evan Bouchard looking to get after a 40-point regular season, a 17-point postseason, uh, and just played actually, actually spectacular? I think it will really depend on how this season actually starts. Because if he can translate what he did in the postseason into a hot start, I think that Edmonton front office is going to be clamoring to get in the booth and make a deal with Evan Bouchard for something more long-term and maybe, you know, around the number of 
let's say 5.75, even 6 million. If he has a really good start for maybe what steal four or five years, Mm -hmm. five or six years, if you want to up the ante, but maybe if he starts cold, right. Edmonton will start to play hardball and say, Oh, we've really only seen this small sample size, which is true, but I don't think you're going to see that. And here's why 15 power play points in 12 games in the postseason. New high for defensemen in the cap era. And like you mentioned, that bullet from the point is dangerous. Of course, you got the benefit of McDavid and Dreisaitl doing their thing. But guess what? They're under contract for the next two, three years at least. And Bouchard, I think, is not going anywhere in Edmonton. And how about this one? And I know this is getting a little crazy, but we can just leave it at this because it's a little tasty one still. Nine more points for Bouchard with the extra man would have equaled an NHL total record by a guy named Wayne Gretzky wow. with 24 points in 1988. So when you're starting to throw out, I know it's a stretch. <laughs> I know there's a lot of games left and they didn't make it. And that's what happens in the playoffs. Winners are winners. But my goodness, Steele, when a young player like Bouchard, who is a top, uh, what, top five pick, now starting to get into mention with records with Wayne Gretzky in the postseason, you got to pay attention fantasy-wise, people, because his draft stock, Way, way up. Always paying attention to Evan Bouchard here. And we've got you for all those fantasy uh, advice and acquisitions over as well. I'm going to go Evan Bouchard eh, 4.95 mil over the next four years. That will probably be his next contract. I think he still has a little bit to prove, but nonetheless, uh, Mm. still he's not a handheld name in the NHL right now. So a little bit more to prove, but hey, 5 million over the next four years is it's pretty you know good. I'm drinking that it's, Bouchard It's Kool-Aid a pretty steel. good deal if you ask me. But yeah, Edmonton Oilers out. Vegas Golden Knights moving on. They again await the Dallas Stars or the Seattle Kraken. We're recording a little bit early, but can't wait for that series as well. Thank you so much. Panthers Hurricanes yes, as well. Of course, before I uh before we log off over here, going to tee up the Florida Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow or on Thursday, whatever day uh the first game one starts. But nonetheless, we'll tee up both the Western and Eastern Conference Finals for everyone out there. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you're tuning in Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning is when the episodes are published. And again, thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there, if you've got any bets at all. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Peace.